0: Rianne Fetinikin was a self-confessed fan of Netflix and raving when she spotted hikers getting off a train in the Peak District and, on the spur of the moment, decided to take up hiking. A week later, she set up the Black Girls Hike Instagram page and led the 13 girls who turned up on a hiking route that she'd found in the Manchester Evening News. Black Girls Hike has grown quickly since then its first London event saw 100 people meet up for a hike in Epping Forest. I had a really nice conversation with Rhianne about her newfound love of the outdoors and her mission to make it a safer and more welcoming space. This episode is sponsored by Adventurous Inc., a monthly book club for outdoor lovers. Each month, Tim, the founder, selects an outstanding book that will help inspire new adventures and reconnect you with the natural world. The book club is the culmination of a five-year quest to establish a business with real purpose to help you live a life packed with adventure. Find out more at www.adventuresync.co.uk. How was last night's wild camp?
1: oh it was it was amazing so it's actually the first time I've ever done a proper wild camp because I've done I've only bivvied once so it's the first time I've put up my tent and I was struggling a bit but luckily I had some help <laughs> and so I have like these friends that I met on Instagram and one of them was telling me that there's a meteor shower and um, so we decided that we'd go on a what she called a five to nine adventure and then um, go and do a wild camp and watch it and it was beautiful I only saw one kind of meteor it was like a bit like a shooting so it had like a really big tail on it but there was like loads of um lightning but no thunder as well it was a really nice beautiful night oh I had an amazing time
0: oh fantastic yeah the uh was well, the Perseid meteor shower it's this sort of date every year in August and it's always a, a good excuse to try and get out while camping I'm so glad that you've, you're entering into the the wild camping world what was is there anything before you've done one night in a bivvy you say one wild camp mm-hmm. what were you what were you worried about beforehand, might be small little practical things, and, and, did, and did, did, they t- did those worries come to pass in reality?
1: and um, what was i worried about um well i thought that the weather was gonna because it was so hot yesterday i didn't take enough layers so i thought that i was gonna end up freezing um and when i actually got in my tent there was a spider um But i, <laughs> I, I did have to do a bit of evicting and um, but other than that i wasn't really worried about about much um because i felt like we was in a safe place as well Um. so yeah i wasn't really worried
0: oh good and what what difference did it feel like because you you spend quite a lot of time you go walk up a hill in the day you come back home again in the evening Mm -hmm. how different did it feel to walk up a hill and then sleep on it and then wake up on that hill in the next morning did it feel like a significantly different experience
1: yeah it did because I've never I haven't done any midweek adventures before and it just kind of showed you that you can fit something in whenever you feel like Um so so yeah it was just it was just exciting really because everything's new to me I get dead excited when I do anything little uh, anything that's small
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's a good approach to life what did, how did you feel when you woke up this morning and realized you were on a hill and not in your comfy bed
1: do you know what? I slept really, really well. And that's actually really surprised me. So a few usually when I'm like not at home, I cannot sleep. So I will, I, if I stay in a hotel, I literally sleep for like two hours a night. And when I did my first wild camp a few weeks ago in Devon in the Bivy, I like I had the best night's sleep ever. I think if my bladder hadn't let me down in the morning, I would have been able to have a lion. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, you're starting to sound like a middle-aged woman there. This is a this that will hit you when you reach my wise old age of the the midnight wee in bivy bags. That's it. Yeah. Um, so do you what was your what was your first experience of hiking in the mountains? How old were you? Where did you go?
1: So my first ever experience was probably about maybe like four years ago. And my auntie took me on a walk in Bolton, actually. So we just did like a walk around Rivington. Um, so it wasn't really mountain. It's kind of like Lowland. and um, It's the West Pennines. And that was like my first experience of, of a hike. But I really enjoyed it. And I've always liked walking. But walking with the scenery as well just makes it even better.
0: So how old were you then, roughly?
1: I um, was probably about maybe like 28
0: okay so 28 is your first sort of nature war type experience is that is that a fair summary
1: Um, no, because I I did used to live somewhere where there was woods and stuff. So like where I was last night, I used to live really close to there. So I've like, I've walked in the woods and that kind of stuff before, but it's never been kind of a case of, I'm going to go hiking. It was more just, you're just exploring your local area and you wouldn't even really consider that as hiking, just going to your local woods. It's just something that, that you do.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Not everything has to have a label on it, does it? It's just, you're in the woods. And you don't don't necessarily need to be in a Gore-Tex jacket all the time to be enjoying the outdoors. Yeah. So what did you do? What did you do? Because I spent my entire, I seem to have spent pretty much my entire life running around the hills and mountains. So what did you do for fun before you discovered the hills and mountains?
1: See, I, I was thinking this to myself the other day because the group now has just kind of taken over my life. And I was thinking, what did I even used to do? And I think I was just a bit of a a Netflixer. I used to just come home and just spend hours in front of the TV, really. Um, I, di- I did like to go raving and I love carnival, but then we only have really have that like once a year. So I probably didn't really do much with my time, just the usual stuff like partying
0: when you do the, the usual stuff like raving so this is definitely me head taking my podcast into into new territory what give me give me some good rave music i should go look up on spotify later
1: good rave music Edu, educate
0: well, me on my soft rock classics
1: soft rock classics well i actually am big reggae fan so that is like the main thing that i will go out to listen to and i love festivals as well so like reggae festivals i just love the vibe and the atmosphere it's just so laid back and so chill
0: Who who do you like listening to?
1: Um, So one of my favourite artists is Chronic's, and I've seen him like six times. Um, Last year I saw Budger Banton, which was absolutely phenomenal because he's just that type of person where you grew up listening to him and your mum used to love him. And so seeing him in concert was like, actually gave me goosebumps when he came out. It's so exciting. You know when you kind of like, you admire someone so much that you feel like if you met them, you might cry. (laughs) He's like that person.
0: Uh, and then add on to that the atmosphere of being at a festival and throwing some music yeah. and yeah that's a that, yeah uh, to, here's a, to show you how uncool i am last in my podcast last summer i interviewed a, a young uh, musician woman she was telling me about uh how she enjoyed learning from billy eilish and i go, i said oh i've never heard of him so that's how that's how unexpert i am on the music world um <laughs> carnival you say carnival do you mean um yeah london carnival or has bolton got its yeah. own version
1: no Bolton doesn't have a carnival, but I mean like <coughs> Notting Hill Carnival. Like, so the oh. Caribbean carnivals, like you have like London, Leeds. Oh, I um, love Manchester. Notting Hill Carnival. Oh, I love Notting Hill Carnival and it's cancelled this year. And I don't know how I feel about it yet. Um, I've also been to Carnival in Barbados as well. Um, I saw Rihanna Ooh. there. She wasn't very nice. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just I just love <laughs> the atmosphere of it.
0: um, Notting Hill Carnival, I think, is about the loudest music I've ever listened to standing in a street in my life. It's ridiculously loud and um, mad, and I love it. But that's very, very different to the pleasures that you get from being up in the hills, isn't it? The silence and the skylarks and the birds. Mm -hmm. So, um, How did you go from sort of... Because you grew up in the north of England, so you're not that far from lovely landscapes but when when did you go from noticing hills and and then thinking oh that's nice to then taking some action towards going to explore those hills
1: so at the beginning of last year, I was on a, I was on a train journey coming through the Peak District. Um, so I was going from like Barnsley to Manchester and I was just on the train. I was just literally just looking out the window and I was watching all these hikers get on and off. And I was like, the Peak District is beautiful, but it never occurred to me to go and explore it. But then when I saw all these hikers getting on and off, I, I'd literally just said to myself, I'm taking up hiking this year. You know, when you have like those random ideas, you don't know how long they're going to last for. So I was like, I'm going to take up hiking this year. This is going to be my New Year's resolution. And then and then that was it. Like a week later, I just set up the Instagram for Black Girls Hike.
0: So did you did you like a lot of people when you when you come up with a new hobby immediately go and spend huge amounts of money on expensive equipment? Or did you just go for a walk in your trainers?
1: so the like the day before my first hike I went and bought a waterproof and some water boots I mean and some walking boots so I hadn't even worn them in literally it was the first (laughs) day I ever wore them to the hike
0: (laughs) (laughs) and how was that for where did you go in that first hike
1: so the first hike we did um Hollingworth Lake which is like Rochdale um, like Greater Manchester um, and I was actually late I was like an hour late there because someone gave me a lift and <laughs> I was late and when I turned up there was like like 13 people waiting for me and I didn't even know what route I was going to do so it's kind of like I didn't know how to read a map then and I found this um this like route in the Manchester Evening News. And it was one of them ones where it like, it like explains it to you. So it says like, when you get to this. So I just kind of followed that and just hoped that we didn't get lost. But I was winging it a bit, but then I managed to get us back to the start. And I think I was just, um, I was just an imposter.
0: <laughs> well, I think w- winging it and uh, dealing with being an imposter is a, the start of many good adventures, isn't it?
1: Yeah, yeah
0: yeah so how often now do you go do you go up into the hills now
1: um so I probably go out a few times a week um in lockdown uh, lockdown was a bit difficult because we couldn't really get out with the group but I managed to explore loads of my local area but we try and do um two black girls hikes a month Um. but then I'd be I'd go out more than that because I have to go out and like plan the routes and stuff
0: so you're spending quite a lot of time out in the hills now you are you expanding beyond the hills of the northwest and the Peak District.
1: Not yet. I haven't been that far. So I've been. To, I've been to Scotland. Um, I've been to Wales. We did Snowdon last year, um, and then we'd had our first London walk in Epping Forest, which it's not really a hill. Epping Forest, is it? There's not really much in London, but um, yeah, we haven't. I have. Oh, actually, I tell a lie. I went to Brazil last year hiking. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> just throw that so, one in casually
1: I just throw that one in so yeah last year I went to Brazil hiking and they've got a national park called um, Chapada Diamantina and it's the same size as Holland Oh, it's, wow. it's so exciting to be there honestly so I went out hiking I did some like guided tours and I did some by myself and it's basically like I just went chasing waterfalls all the time oh, I had the best time Brazil is absolutely beautiful everywhere you look You just have to pinch yourself because you never want to go home.
0: So you've gone from carnivals, Rihanna, Barbados to now you're going on rambling holidays. Have you become extremely boring and old?
1: No, I think it's not that I'm old. I think I'm just appreciating the finer things in life because even on those kind of holidays, like when I went to Brazil, I still did some partying, but then I also did the hiking as well. So it's like the best of both worlds.
0: That does sound like the best of both worlds. What is your favourite hill?
1: My favourite hill? Ooh. I don't think I have a favourite hill yet um, because I don't think I've climbed enough yet. But I like anything in the Peak District. So Mam Tour, um, I quite like that one because I've done it a few times. And it's one of them ones where every time you go back to it, it's like steeper than you ever remembered it was. And it feels a <laughs> bit um, further... But, um, yeah, I do like that. I just like getting to the top of anywhere and seeing a really nice view. But I'm not really one for, like, endurance hikes. So I'm not like, oh, I just want to climb to the, the highest mountain ever. I just, like, want to go up a little bit higher just to, for a better vantage point. How do
0: you go about um discovering places to go? How do you sort of make your plans and choose where you're going to go? and
1: Instagram mainly Instagram. So most of the people that I follow are like hikers and then like, I'll see where they've been. Um, and then I just basically, um, just try and find the route or try and find something that's in that area.
0: That's really interesting because there's that, I mean, that's the brilliant side of Instagram is sharing stuff with new audiences and getting new people interested in the outdoors. Mm -hmm. Uh, the counter argument to that is that Instagram means that if you geotag, if you put the places you've been, it just means more and more people go and trash that specific spot rather than finding wild places for themselves. And I'm always kind of stuck between that dilemma Mm. of wanting to make it easy to get people into the hills versus Mm -hmm. wanting to encourage people to just find out stuff themselves.
1: Yeah, yeah. I know what you mean because I've seen a lot of um chatter about that online recently about people saying that they don't really want to share their locations, etc. And I think it's good for the new people getting out into hiking that you can, you know, share some stuff. But what I've started doing now is I've just been on um, a lowland leader course, so I'm getting better at map reading. So now I can kind of like look at a map and see little things on a map that I might try and want to find and then like plan a route. So there's a route near me and there's like loads of mini waterfalls in it. so I've been planning, a plotting a route so that I can go in and chase them all.
0: Oh, nice! I like chasing waterfalls. You should write a song about that. Um, <laughs>
1: I think there might be one. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, what's your favourite luxury item on your hikes? And now, actually, on your wild camp, it's good to have a luxury item. Do you take any, or a luxury are you hardcore? Item
1: so yesterday on my wild camp I decided to take a camping chair but it's not one of them small ones it's one of them big ones so I had to like <laughs> nice. carry that up and then when my friend <laughs> came to pick me up she was like are you sure you'll be able to carry that old way to the top she said she thinks I was being a bit extra Um, I also took some olives and she said that I was bougie <laughs>
0: <laughs> you're a bit
1: worse <laughs> she said I was bougie as in like I'm a posh bougie. hiker <laughs> Yeah, oh, bougie. Wow. It's an, bougie it's a new word yeah like
0: the bourgeoisie. Ah. <laughs> You're the bourgeoisie with the olives in your hiking chair. Well, I can imagine you did look like the sort of lady of the manor sitting on the top of your hill in your fancy chair watching the thunder and lightning. I think that sounds very sensible to me. So did you, did you grow up in a city
1: no, actually. So I I'm from Manchester originally, but I actually grew up in Darwin, which is a place quite rural Darwin, which is where I had camped last night, Darwin Tower. Um so it's kind of like I think I think it is in the West Pennines. Um I grew up in the type of place that you can't wait to move away from. <laughs> Do you know when you just like okay. get me out of this village? <laughs> yeah.
0: I think most people grew up in that in those kind of places, don't they? And that's the curse of yeah. being a teenager, is that The rest of the world is amazing and everyone is having fun except you.
1: Yeah, exactly. And now it was funny because last night when I went back there to do camping, when I was younger, I used to be like, I've never come back here. And then when I was there, I was like, it's actually beautiful. And there's loads of places that I could have been exploring. Yeah. But you know.
0: yeah. Well, I spent years, literally years, traveling around the world before I came back home and finally realized that Britain is actually an amazing place to explore in itself. So. I think that's mm-hmm. a fairly natural evolution, isn't it?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, um, Riam, what advice would you give to someone who doesn't go to the hills and thinks mm-hmm. that you need to be some sort of tough guy professional to go hiking in the hills?
1: I would say we should watch my videos on Instagram and listen to me panting when I'm like walking up a slope <laughs> um, because <laughs> because you don't you, like, you can literally anybody can get out in the hills. You don't have to have all the gear or all the kit at all. I would just say, try and find a community because I think there's loads of like walking groups that are for like all different abilities. Um, and I think what you see online, the, the main people that you generally see online that are doing the hiking do tend to be the ones that are like, 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 they seem like experts? Don't they? When you watch them, um. But can I ask them that question again? Go on. What was the? Can
0: I ask you? Can I ask you the question again?
1: Yeah, yeah. What was Did it again? Sorry. Yeah, yeah, sure.
0: The question. I often do that. I start answering a question, and I suddenly realise I've got absolutely no idea what I'm talking about. But so, yeah. what yeah. advice would you give someone who doesn't go to the hills but thinks you need to be a tough guy professional to climb mountains? <laughs>
1: I would just say start small and start local and then build up, build up your pace and like build up your distance, and then find someone that you can go with, um, like someone that's maybe more experienced than you, or find another group to go with, so that you can kind of because you I think when you don't have any experience in anything, like you lack confidence, don't you? So you need someone there that's kind of like cheering you on and motivating you. And I think that's what you really need. It's just about finding a community. Okay, and
0: yeah, that's interesting that. Do you ever go hiking on your own? Because for me, I've, I, i uh, i am I very much associate the hills with being on my own most of the time.
1: Mm. Sometimes I do go hiking on my own, like during lockdown. I kind of had to go hiking on my own, but then I realised that I prefer to hike with the group because I like, I, I, I like the company.
0: Yeah, well, it's a great thing in the mountains, isn't it? You can, I think, you can. Um, enjoy them in so many different kinds of ways um what does the phrase Mm. living adventurously what does that phrase mean to you what does living adventurously mean to you
1: Living adventurously, like doing exciting things, pushing yourself out of your comfort zone, not necessarily doing the norm, um, like the mundane things, like the nine to fives. That's not really living adventurously, is it? Maybe like just not like i like to think of it as like not living in the prison of other people's opinions where you just do what you want to do and you you don't feel like you're pressured by other people and you don't care as much as what they think that's what i think living adventurously is and just having new experiences
0: that's a great phrase the prism of other people's opinions is that is that something that is that something that often registers with you
1: yeah, because I saw I have one of these people where I live by quotes and they really resonate with me. And I remember seeing that once and thinking, "That's what people do, don't they?" Because you know when people are like, "Oh, I don't want to do that because this person might say that," and I feel like you're so conscious in society of what the social norms are that you kind of just conform, and you don't necessarily have to. And I think with the whole Corona thing as well, I feel like people like I feel like people are just giving up the rights before they even have to. Because they're so used to being like so conformist.
0: Mm. Yeah, geez, it's amazing, isn't it? How much we are influenced by not just but what other people think, but what we think other people think. That sort of churns mm-hmm. around in our heads a ridiculous amount often, doesn't it? Mm. Yeah. yeah. Um, so you are you you're the founder of Black Girls Hike UK. What is mm-hmm. your the sort of 30 seconds? Elevator pitch of that? What's your? What's the? What if you? What is the? What is it?
1: So I would say that Black Girls Hike is a safe space for Black women to explore the countryside together. We're providing opportunities for people to get out and just basically experience what nature has to offer in like an in a supportive environment. Um, And then once they've come to Black Girls Hike and then they've got the confidence, you know, to enter those spaces with us then obviously then they feel comfortable going out by themselves so it's just basically kind of like broadening people's horizons
0: do you have any connection to other black girls hype groups in other parts of the world or is it all is there is there a unifying thing or is it all just everyone doing their own thing
1: it's everybody doing their own thing so when i set it up i didn't know that there was one in america but then i realized that they they they've they've got quite a big um, thing in America. They're all like trademarks and stuff. So they did ask me if I wanted to be a chapter of them, but then I decided that I would just do my own thing.
0: Okay. So how did you go from the idea of sitting on the train, watching the other hikers, to then thinking, Mm -hmm. oh, I'd like to do that, to then going for your first hike, to then thinking, oh, I'd like to share this idea with other people like me. Where did the idea of making it a community thing rather than just you enjoying being in the hills where did that come from
1: i think see i'm one of them people where every time i try something and i love it i'm like oh my god you've got to try this like at the moment (laughs) i'm obsessed with um almond croissants and i'm literally telling all my friends get one get one get one so (laughs) they're too (laughs) sweet (laughs) oh no they're not i love them but i don't like the slimy
0: stuff in the middle
1: oh no no, don't say that. But once I kind of like <laughs> got once I got outside and started exploring, I just felt like everybody's missing out. Like, you need to come.
0: <laughs> okay. Okay, that's a that's a good answer. So how many group hikes have you done now?
1: Oh, we've done we've done over 20 group hikes now. We expanded to the Midlands last year. Um, and then we just did our first hike in London about two weeks ago and we had over a hundred people turn up.
0: That's I think we're yeah, both that's brilliant. Corona got, law. <laughs> oh, I think that's a that's a, 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 a law worth breaking in that case. So how how have you gone about sort of delegating? Mm-hmm. If you now got groups in different areas, uh how how do you feel about delegating your baby?
1: It's to be honest, it's been it's been difficult. So like it has been difficult because um it is my baby, and you kind of like you just want to manage everything. Um, but the person that ma- runs the uh, Midlands group, she basically, because our walks are in the Peak District, she'd driven up to some of our walks anyway. So I'd met her and she was really cool. And she also likes reggae. And I just felt like, you know, you meet people and you're like, oh, could be friends with her. So I was like, oh, you should be, you know, chat to leader where you are. And then we can start having more Midland hikes. And then I met another girl on Instagram. And like, you know, when you just have like these little Insta friends where you're always sending each other messages, so my insta no. friend no you don't have insta friends well i've got loads no. <laughs> so, <laughs> then, <laughs> so then basically yeah so i just decided that we should expand because we had so many people asking us and messaging us asking are you going to do a walk in london are you going to be in the southwest so it just felt natural really to just kind of yeah just to kind of try and target the whole of the uk
0: you seem to be very much about sharing the love rather than just building your empire.
1: Yeah, it is. It's all shared. It's a community, so we're all part mm. of it. So even though I'm the founder, one thing that I'm always conscious of is that because I'm the founder, I always get put in the spotlight. But I don't always want to be in the spotlight because it's not about me. So I've created a platform for other women, um, and you know, it's for black for, for all black women. So I'm just sharing the love. I'm just kind of like leading us through it.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, you talk a lot about the community being a, a safe space for black women to hike in. Hang out yeah. together. Um, yeah. I've never, d- I've never done anything in my life that required a safe space. In fact, mm-hmm. I'd never even heard the phrase till recently. I guess uh, I've just spent my life cheerfully cruising through my happy, male, white, middle class, able bodied, <laughs> straight. I'm so boring and uncool, <laughs> but just cheerfully cruising through my ordinary little life. So, why tell me then, uh, as an outsider to all of this? Mm-hmm why are safe spaces necessary? Why is that a really important part of what you're doing?
1: I think just because you experience like so much racism and hostility in the UK I know people talk that we live in like a, a post-racial society but it's clearly not true and um, so I think that you just get to the point where you just kind of want to be around people who share your experiences so when you come to Black Girls Hike you know that no one's going to ask you a stupid question about your tan no one's going to ask you a stupid question about your hair because everybody's in the same boat as you and they all have the same experiences as you and then you can just be Be your authentic self then because a lot of the time you feel like, so for example, I work in an office with like all like middle aged white people and they're all just a bit kind of like, what's the word I would use? I don't know I feel like the environment is quite stifling because you never really feel like you can necessarily be yourself because you're always conscious that all the ideas and opinions they have from black people are generally quite negative most of them they get them from TV and stuff and you never really want to you feel like you're always kind of code switching because you never want to feel like you're conforming to one of their kind of ideas that they have of you so it's just good to where you can just be around people where you can just yeah just just be yourself really.
0: And do, do the conversations you all have when there's this bunch of black girls up in the hills, do the conversations you have feel like you're in a, a safe space? What I mean by that is, th- does it feel different to when, say, you just go to the pub with some of your black girlfriends? Do, do the conversations feel different up in the hills for, in some way?
1: I think they do. For I think they do feel a bit different because I think that, once you get outside, I think people are more focused on the well being, and then they think about the reasons that they're actually coming to to Black Girls Hike. So at the first walk of the year, like I kind of like flitter between, like because everyone just walks in little groups, and I remember like walking up to one group, and one girl was asking the other girls, "So what are your plans for this year? Like what are we trying to manifest?" And it's that kind of like positive energy and positive stuff that we're trying to that we're trying to bring. Yeah, really. Can, so can yeah, you, I do think you, you have. Go on. No, carry on. I was not sorry, what were you going to say? Can I give...
0: Well, I was going to ask you the next question. This is the curse of doing conversations via Zoom. So sorry, apologies for cutting you off there. We got a Zoom lag. But what I was going to ask you was, can you give me an example of of someone, uh, you don't have to say their name, but someone who's come along to the Black Girl Hikes and, and has really benefited from what you're doing?
1: Um yeah I think there's a lot of people in the group that have really benefited because I think that it's it's kind of giving people a way to connect with other people as well so there's a lot of friendships that have been formed in the group Um, and you've got a lot of people that are now quite close in the group which is which is brilliant because Manchester's one of them quite transient places so you get a lot of people that live in Manchester that are not from Manchester so say for example if you've not met people at college and uni you might struggle you know to build that sense of community and like find those friends but then a lot of people that have come to of the group have kind of found that now. And I think it's also given them a bit more confidence as well. Because um, everyone's really supportive in the group and always really encouraging people, you know, to like be the best self, like a massive bunch of cheerleaders.
0: Oh, yeah. I imagine you have a lot of laughs. It must be, it, well, actually, I've seen from your Instagram stories, it does seem to be a lot of laughter and having fun rather than head down yeah. and serious map reading and uh, yeah. talking about waterproof trousers.
1: Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah so, no, so i do all the map reading, so they don't have to
0: <laughs> okay you're the boss okay so two things that i'm really interested in at the moment uh, through this sort of podcast series is uh, diversity in adventure and also mm-hmm. trying to get urban populations more interested in nature um, and the outdoors and so that mm-hmm. meant i that got me really interested in the recent uh london hike that you did we were, were you actually mm-hmm. did you do that or was that someone else
1: that was like so the london so we have a london leader and she led the walk but then i went as well um and then i was oh, in the back herding them oh, so you didn't have
0: to <laughs> you didn't have to map read that day no i didn't so black girls hike uh hit london how many mm-hmm. people turned up
1: So there was over a hundred. At one point I counted 90 and then someone was like, I've counted over a hundred, but it was so difficult to do a head count. It was, it was actually, it was just, it was overwhelming. Yeah, it was just overwhelming. So I arrived late and I walked out the tube station and there was just this massive crowd and I kind of got like, my hands started shaking because I was like, oh my goodness, oh my goodness. Um, I didn't expect that many people to turn up at all.
0: Yeah, that's amazing like, some something's happening here. We're on to a good thing here. So mm-hmm. who were all these people? Were they were they predominantly new to the outdoors and to the to the woods and hiking?
1: Yeah. I think most of them were new to the outdoors. Um and I think a lot of them had probably never even really considered going outdoors. Um because I think when you're like living in London, it's so urban, isn't it? That hiking in London, it just doesn't really go in the same sentence, doesn't it? Does it? So um, yeah, they were all. A lot of them were very, very new to the outdoors. But they've so
0: they, they grown up. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So they they grown grown up in London, and then for uh, why? So I, I uh, used to live in London. And I was always going to the woods and the forests and the green parks and spaces. So why mm-hmm. why do you think this community on yours had not been to exploring London's wild places before? Because London's a very green city, really.
1: I don't know, to be honest. I've never actually considered why they've never um, been out exploring London's wild places. Like they may have done, but they may have not considered it hiking. They've probably been to like the local parks and that kind of stuff. But I think that during lockdown, because everybody could only do the local, what I call Boris walks, because you only could do your local Boris walk. I think more people kind of connected with the green spaces near them. And then it made them, you know, want to get out and explore more.
0: Yeah. And, and then hopefully now you're going to be sowing the seeds of lots more them doing it again and bring out their friends. And yes, yeah, mm-hmm. you, you're starting something. So what, what yeah. response did you get when uh, like walking through uh, leafy old epping forest when suddenly 100 girls rock up? What, what, what uh, response do you get from the hikers <laughs> and people you meet along the way?
1: So this old lady was like, is this a protest? <laughs> because it, it looked like it was a Black Lives Matter march um, okay. because just because there were so many people they were literally just stretched for ages do you know what I mean so it was just like a steady stream of people at one point we like walked past this shop and this man was like what's going on here like I don't think he'd ever seen that many black women like about to go hiking and he just kind of felt like maybe it's I don't know maybe it's some kind of a protest that's going on <laughs> I think people were just shocked to see so many of us
0: yeah. But was it quite a sort of cheerful, curious re- reaction?
1: Yeah, it was. Yeah. Because I think that a lot of people have this like misconception that the outdoors is really hostile. And I would say that 99% of the time, everybody is just really happy to see you there. Because it's like, so I always say, it's like, you know, when you go to your favorite concert and you're just totally in the moment and then you catch someone's eye and so are they and you're just loving doing what you love. I think it's like that with nature. So people are just happy to see you enjoying what they enjoy as well.
0: Mm. And yet, on one of your group hikes, someone told your group to go back to the ghetto.
1: Oh yeah, they did. Uh, that, I don't. That's like that's like Fight Club. We don't talk about it because. Um, but you don't
0: talk about don't, that.
1: Well, I don't really talk about it that much because I just think that. If For people that are new to the outdoors, for example, and that are following our page and they're considering going out, I think if they hear that we had that experience and don't want it to put them off because that's like mm. the only bad experience that we had. um, And I feel like there's... Nobody really understands the context of the situation. So we did get told to go back to the ghetto, but this was after this woman and this other girl in my group had, had like an argument about this woman's dog. Um, okay. <laughs> so, it was kind of, so it was kind of like... Yeah. So when when people just say, "Oh, they got told to go back to the ghetto," it's like someone just shouted at us from a car, "Go away!" But it wasn't really yeah. like that. So that's why I don't oh, good. like I... sharing that.
0: Okay, that's fair enough. And I think actually you've done a very good job of sharing that it's such a positive, cheerful thing. um yeah. But when I read that, I was astonished because I mean, li- no one, literally, no one has ever said anything bad to me ever in the outdoors. So I was uh, mm. i I'm, I'm glad to hear that I was just a. A one-off um, experience. Um, mm. So, but there is there's no doubt though that there's a real lack of uh, diversity in the in our wild places. Uh, just one yeah. percent of national park visitors come from Black, Asian, or minority ethnic backgrounds, um, mm-hmm. despite them despite making up ten percent of the population, so There's a big lag there. Sixteen uh, percent mm-hmm. of white people regularly participate in outdoor stuff, compared to just two point six percent of black people but national parks over the years they have made bids to try and increase the the uh, diversity of visitors but most of these have been unsuccessful what what Ooh. are they doing wrong
1: i think the, i think it's the marketing the marketing's all wrong but then also i think it's the it's the organisation so they say that they care loads about diversity but they don't have anybody that's diverse in any of the actual management positions so Every all the board members will be white and all the management team will be white and then I feel like they're just not they can't really relate to other communities um And one thing that I did say recently because I did like this parliamentary panel thing, do you know when you're just like, why are you asking me?" <laughs> so I did this panel thing and i did I did say that they keep being like they want they want you to be involved, but they don't want to include you in the decision making um, and I just think it needs to be it's a difficult one really because it's they kind of need to get people from the young they need to make sh- they make the outdoors look accessible for everybody so rather than just kind of having the odd black person in your promotions i feel like they need to do a bit more than that um but it's just where do you even start because i get asked that question so much
0: go on then answer and i don't it. know
1: the answer i don't know the answer
0: <laughs> it, it's it, it's not easy is it it's not it's it's no. not easy um do you find it exhausting having to have this conversation over and over again?
1: Yeah, because I just think that people see black people as like some kind of monolithic group. So they're like, oh, she runs Black Girls Hike. Let's ask her. And that's the opinion of all black people. And I'm like, no, really, it's just my opinion. And I don't really know. So it is. it can be quite exhausting, especially because it makes you feel more self-conscious about what you say, because you're, you're aware that they're like, oh, well, Rianne said this. And I'm like, Rianne, Rianne said person. this, and
0: therefore... This is what 20% of the human race thinks or whatever. Yeah.
1: Exactly, um,
0: yeah. How many years will it be before black girls hike is not necessary in the outdoor community in the UK?
1: Mm, I would say between 5 to 10 years, I think. Really? I don't know why I think that that. because I think at the moment that there's loads of there's loads of groups starting up that are all about diversity in the outdoors and I know that there's a lot of organizations and brands and stuff that are really wanting to help these groups develop so I think it's going to be a big thing now where there's you know they're trying to do the most to get you know people in the outdoors and I think that it's just going to change people's mindsets um so yeah I do think it was a long way off.
0: Oh sorry I think that's an incredibly short way off uh what you were saying there I'm uh, I I was, expect, yeah, I was expecting you to say that black girls hike would be necessary for the rest of your life and beyond, sadly.
1: Hmm. I, I would like to think not, but do you know what? I th- it's interesting actually you say that because I actually have another walking group. So I have a blog called Tales of a Hiker and I do mixed hikes through that. And one thing that I've noticed is the girls that come to my black girls hike, they don't come to my tells of a hiker. So I think that they basically come to Black Girls Hike because they want to be in that safe space. So t- actually five to 10 years, it might not be the case because people will still prefer to be, you know, in an environment with people that are like them.
0: Mm, yeah, but ideally we get to a point where having a Black Girls Hike group is as irrelevant as having a hike a blue-eyed hiking group or a big-nosed hiking group. And it's just a... An, a uh, not relevant thing but that that's uh that's not going to happen very fast is it no yeah Look. i didn't realize <laughs> i didn't realize that that um tales of a hiker uh was you i've seen you sort of mention it but i thought you mentioned it just because you were featured on it somewhere i didn't realize that was one of your many fingers in many pies that's a really i really like that feed it's really good uh what 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 oh, led dear. you to get deciding to do that
1: so last year I was um I just wanted I was thinking of ways to get more content for the Black Girls Hike page and I was thinking maybe to do like like a Hiker of the Week story or just like like a story from somebody every week but then I was like why don't I just do a whole page where we just get people's stories and it reminds me a bit of do you know Humans of New York you ever read that that's exactly that's exactly what it reminds love me it. of. I absolutely he love follows that page. me on Twitter <gasps> does it.
0: I know I love humans in New York it's, wonderful.
1: it's amazing it. isn't it isn't it all the different stories and also as well mm. I'm just like a really nosy person so I love just, just tell me everything what you're doing and then once mm. they send you the story and then you just be talking to them in the dms like I like the ones where they're like and I was divorced and I needed and I, I like those ones the juicy ones
0: you're just nosy you're a nosy gossip yeah. if you no, if you're nosy you you should start a podcast because this is just a great excuse to find someone you think is interesting and just demand mm-hmm. an hour of their time to okay. ask them uh, difficult questions you need to start am, the black I'm, girls hike podcast
1: well i'm starting a Tales of a hiker podcast soon hey hey brilliant
0: oh, i think it's a good thing so one thing i do on most of my podcast episodes when i don't run out of time is to ask people some questions from my uh secret deck of card questions. So okay. um, are you are you up for answering a few of these? Yeah. If you don't want to answer any, you can say pass and we'll skip them. Okay. Okay. Um right. Tell me when to stop. Stop. Ooh. Um what did you think that being aged X was going to be like and what is it actually like? <laughs>
1: So and this is so funny because I'm always like, oh no, I'm failing in life. I'm failing in life. So I thought that by the time I was 33, I would like have a mortgage, have some children, be married. Um, and, you know, be doing all that like 2.4 children stuff um, and being all responsible. And then now I'm like actually 33. I'm like spending my last 10 pound before I get paid. <laughs> I'm living off boiled eggs like a student. <laughs> and... I just feel like I'm not as mature as other people that are my age.
0: <laughs> and do you think that's a good thing or a bad thing?
1: I think it's a good thing because I've never been one of them people who's tried to be old before my time. And I'm just kind of like, trust the timing of your own life. Do you know what I mean? Like, don't compare your journey to everybody else's because that's how what you do when you're younger, don't you? You're like, you've graduated at 21 and you've been married by this age. And yeah, I'm just trying to like, not follow all that really.
0: okay that's very good right tell me when to stop Stop. what is the biggest question you would like to answer in your own life
1: what is the what biggest question what is the biggest question
0: you would like to answer in your own life
1: I wonder if soulmates exist and whether like I would actually meet one and if it's if it's true that you would meet your soulmate and and whether you'll get that pull to someone when you first initially meet them because I'm really idealistic and a proper hopeless romantic.
0: <laughs> you are waiting for the shooting stars in your bivy bag to go live. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a very good one. Okay, next one, tell me when to stop. Stop. Who was the most adventurous grown up you knew when you were a child?
1: Um, maybe it was the most adventurous grown up. A pass.
0: I don't know. Pass. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Tell me when to stop. Stop. Oh, I'm going to have to skip this one because you've already done it. It was but tell me the last time. Uh, you climbed a hill and watched the sunset. So you've already done that. So oh, okay. I'm going to pick, I'm going to pick one for you now at random. Ooh, this is going to go deep now for, a, can you share an example of trying to find a balance between contentment and self-improvement? Are you able to be just content or are you always pushing for more? You seem to be very busy.
1: Yeah, I am. I am very busy, but I'm also trying to find ways to work more effectively. So I feel like at the moment I'm one of them people where I've got a million tabs open and my brain's constantly on a brainstorm, but I don't feel like I'm working efficiently. So I'm kind of like content with where Black Girls Hike is at the moment and where I see it going. But then I also realise that I need to improve and get like, because now we're a charity, I need to get like governance skills and leadership skills and that kind of stuff. So it's kind of like, two prongs as in I'm still trying to develop myself
0: okay yeah you've got a lot on uh so speaking of which I won't keep you too long let's do two more of these questions and okay. then I'll let you go run your run your empire All right turn we okay. stop stop what are you proud of my group <laughs>
1: hey. I'm just proud of Black girl's hike hmm <laughs>
0: What, what are you proud of about Black Girls Hike?
1: Just how how it's grown. Um, and I feel like it's the only thing I've ever really been so consistent with. So, like, I went to uni three times and quit. Absolutely hated it. <laughs> but this is the only thing that I've ever stayed on the ball with. So I'm proud of, like, how it's grown and the opportunities that I've kind of, like, made for myself from it.
0: Yeah, you're, you're doing a brilliant thing. It's... it's and... Yeah, it, the the this fact that a hundred girls turned up to go hike around a forest outside London is a sign that you're definitely uh, doing something that's got got a an audience and a and a purpose. Right. Mm-hmm. Last question of the interview. To, tell me when to stop. Stop. Ooh. Okay, you, this is you. You have to offer me some advice now. Should I okay. choose security? Or what makes my heart sing?
1: I think you should choose what makes your heart sing because we're supposed to have this abundance mindset where we feel like there's blessings in abundance. So we shouldn't worry about scarcity. And I think security, when you choose security, that's a scarcity mindset. And you need to have an abundance mindset.
0: Boom. (laughs) <laughs> End of interview. Wow. That's a, that's a point to stop on. Brianne, I've really, really enjoyed chatting to you. Uh, thanks so you much for giving me your time. And uh, keep up the brilliant work with, uh, with what you're doing. It's fantastic. Thank you. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Living Adventurously. If you did, please do rate and review the series on your podcast app it really helps. Please also take a quick screenshot right now and send it to any of your friends who might appreciate listening. There are dozens of episodes for them to dip into. And if you enjoy mulling over the questions on my deck of cards, you can now try them out yourself. I've put them all into a notebook for living adventurously, which you can buy on my website. And whilst you're there, why not sign up for one of my three email newsletters, or two other podcast series. Okay, enough of the sales talk. Thank you very, very much indeed for listening to Living Adventurously. I hope you'll come again soon.